0: Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you are going well. Uh, I'm Josh, one of the ministry staff here at MU Plains, uh, and it is great to be with you wherever you are, whatever time you are doing church with us today. I hope you are going well, and I hope you are going well in lockdown. Uh, I know that it has been difficult, uh, but I hope that you have been able to find those little joys throughout the day that make it bearable. For me, one of those joys recently has been 11 a.m. every day, when our press conference happens in New South Wales, I've really enjoyed looking at all the people who appear on the screen behind the premier and the health experts and trying to guess what their role is in this situation. Because it seems like there are different people there every day, so I'm always interested. Are they just bodyguards? Are they deputies? What their role is? uh, Because I I just find that really interesting. Uh, And roles is something that all of us think about. uh, And it's something that we're gonna think about today because it's something that each of us have in some way, whether you're a parent or a grandparent or a student or or something else. All of us have roles, but it's not just at home and at work. All of us have a role of some kind in God's kingdom. And we should be clear about what that role is and what our attitude towards that role should be. We all have to ask the question, How are we fulfilling our roles as members of God's kingdom? That's what 2 Samuel 6 that we just read before uh, delves into. And so that's what we're going to delve into today. Now, if you've been here with us for a few weeks, you will have heard the start of 2 Samuel. And given the way that 2 Samuel has been building up to David's ascension to king, And the mention of the Ark in this chapter, which, according to verse 2, is the place that the Lord was enthroned. You might think that this chapter is going to focus on the Ark or on David or on God, but it doesn't. Securiously, with the very presence of God starring on the stage of this chapter, the author spends more time drawing our attention to the supporting characters. And as we see and delve deeper into this chapter, we see that the author does this to show us three attitudes, three characters with three attitudes that help us deal with this question. How do we approach our role in God's kingdom? So there are three characters. Uzzah, the first one, who is selfish and disobedient. Obed-Edom, the second one, who is timid and complacent. And David, the final character who is humble and faithful. Yesterday in our Facebook group, I shared an outline for today's sermon. If that's your thing and you want to follow along, you can. Uh, One thing I've put in the outline that you might like is a little space for you to draw a little portrait of each of these characters as we go. It doesn't have to be good. uh, It just has to be something that captures how you think about these characters and helps you to reflect as we go. Uh, We'll also have all of the outline on the slides. So if you don't have that, no worries. You'll still know where we're going. So let's jump in. But first, how about I lead us in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word that you have given to us. Now as we read it, we pray that you would shape us by your Spirit and grow us more into your image. Amen. Okay, so we're going to start with Uzzah and his role and attitude. You see there, I've drawn Uzzah trying to channel uh, that proud and selfish vibe, um, but you take it however you want. But his role. Uzzah's role was to tend to the ark, And guard it. As I said, the ark was God with his people, and so it needed people to guard it. Now, that was a lot of responsibility for the people whose responsibility that was, but it was also a lot of power and influence. Look in verse 3 the people here was Uzzah and his father. Abinadad and his family. They're like the specially trained bodyguards who go with the President of the United States protecting him. They have the power to decide who can and can't see them. They have influence, but here, even more important. But neither Uzzah nor his family play their role well. They were selfish. Openly disobeying God for their own gain. So God punished them. To understand why, we have to take a step back. Because Uzzah's family, see, they weren't chosen by God or the Levites, they weren't put in charge by the official processes, rather, by a group of vigilantes in the moment of crisis. You could check out 1 Samuel chapter 7 for a bit more on that. So they were put in charge in the wrong way. And as Levites, they should have known how wrong this was. But presumably, with the ark and all its power and influence under their roof, they just kept silent. And they took the ark of God, Israel's most sacred object. And they used it for their own gain. And this selfish and disobedient attitude culminates in this moment in this chapter where instead of obeying God and carrying the ark by hand like they were instructed, they load it up on a cart and let it get pulled by an ox like it's just an ordinary piece of cargo to slip and fall with the bumps on the road. Disobedient and selfish. They're acting like the school bully, the privileged, rich kid, doing what they want, not thinking about the consequences. And so the retaliation from God to strike down Uzzah, it's not petty vengeance, but judgment. Judgment against an abuse of power in his kingdom for the sake of selfish gain. And here's the challenge for us. We cannot live selfish, inward-focused lives in God's kingdom. That can't be our attitude. And we might be able to think about ways this applies to to things like money, to how we spend our time, to how we use the power we have. But, But one way I think that is vital is how we relate to each other as Christians in God's kingdom. When we aren't totally honest in our relationships, when we only show the bits that we want, when we hide the things we don't want to deal with, the things that make us look bad, how are we any different to Uzzah? It's pride. Pride and selfishness, wanting to make ourselves look better, avoiding the hard conversations, and it's the same pride and the same selfishness that motivated Uzzah and his family. And this kind of attitude, it's hurtful at best, but in God's kingdom, it's poison. And so this part of the chapter is not an instruction manual for carrying the ark, but a call to be vulnerable, And honest, giving out all, not just to God, but to each other. That's the end of the first section, our first character. And now would be a really good time for for us to take a second and to either write down or reflect on how this challenge, this character and this attitude meets you. And what might your steps be? I'm just going to leave the slide up for a minute while we take that second to reflect. All right, let's come back together. So that's Uzzah. But the ark moves on. Back in verse 9, David is pretty freaked out by what happens, and so he takes the ark to the house of Obed-Edom. And here we meet character number two, Obed-Edom. Now, I don't know how you pictured him, but I kind of pictured him all gaunt and timid looking, so that's what I've drawn. You might do something else. But Obed-Edom's role was also... To guard the ark. A bit of a a brief character mentioned here, but 1 Chronicles 15, verse 18, makes it clear that Obed Edom was one of the people who God actually intended to be the caretaker of the ark. And so, like Uzzah, he had a role of great importance, but unlike Uzzah, he was actually the man for the job. So, he plays his role a bit better. But he still kind of misses the mark. He technically fulfilled his role, but he was too timid, too scared to carry out God's plan. Verse 10 shows us that obed must have done a better job than Uzzah because God blesses him. He clearly can look after the ark well, but as we look closer, something is not right. See, the Ark of God, it wasn't meant to be hidden away in someone's house. It, it exudes blessing. It exudes God's glory, which was meant to go out to all of Israel and then the nations. But here it's cooped up, restricted to the house of Obed-Edom, who, after everything that went down with Uzzah, is probably scared, terrified to do anything. But this timidness leads to complacency which is wrong. Over the last year, uh, YouTube, the online service you're on right now, uh, has been blowing up with videos of people looking for rare Pokemon cards. These trading cards, the very rarest of them, can be worth thousands of dollars. But it means that when people find one, they seal them up, lock them away, never to see the light of day, never to be played with in fear of damaging them. This is not the first time that money or glory has meant that things that were meant to see the world get locked up. And it's happening here with the ark. But much worse. in this timidness, this complacency, this complacency, it is not fitting for someone with a role in God's kingdom. This most recent lockdown has been brutal. I felt drained and unmotivated and habits of growth like prayer and reading the word have become harder to do, but easier to not feel guilty about. See, I can just tell myself, hey, everyone's struggling. And so I don't need to feel bad when things get a bit stale and stagnate and go backwards. But, but this passage This passage is challenging me. It's a challenge to ask the hard questions and act. And if things really are just hard right now, and and if this is the best that I can do, then then that's okay. It's not going to be like this forever. But, But as I think about it, and as I question myself, I wonder how much the fear of chaos and the fear of the unknown has let the excuse of laziness creep in. And it's that attitude that is constantly crouching at the door and it is that attitude that needs to be challenged. Because we don't serve a God who settles, but a God who meets us where we're at and then grows us and transforms us, shaping us into his image. This might be your story too, or it might be something else. So why don't you take a minute now and think about and write down where the fear of complacency is stopping you playing your role in God's kingdom. Let's take a minute. Let's come back together for our last character. So that was Obed-Edom, afraid of things going wrong, but you know who gets this? David. See, David overcomes his fear. And in those last verses there, he moves the ark to Jerusalem. And in these moments, we see our final character, the character that points to what it means to be a member of Christ's kingdom this is my little drawing of david you can see just here i went for that kind of boy king kind of vibe you might want to do something else in your drawing but you can put this down as his role david's role was to bring god to the people as god's messiah as god's chosen king david was meant to lead israel he was meant to bring the people to god and bring god to the people He was the lens of the telescope, bringing together all the thoughts and ideas of the people and focusing them on God. And vice versa, he takes God, the truth of God, and spreads it out to all of the people. And he plays his role perfectly. Verse 12, David brings the ark to Jerusalem and he leads the people in sacrifice. He strips off his royal clothing and he's in his underwear dances before God. He shouts and parties with the people, dancing like a child, like like everyone else there. And then out of his own wealth, he gives out food to everyone, gives everyone holidays. And this kind of scene, a leader getting down with their fellow man, acting like, like a peasant, like everyone else. It's totally unheard of. I mean, just, just picture the queen doing it, or, or maybe don't, depending on you know, what you think of this verse. It's crazy, right? But, but I think there's something familiar about it too. There's something familiar about this scene because this attitude that David embodies, this is the kind of attitude that God uses to save us. Because like David, David's descendant walked up that hill in Jerusalem. And as he, as Jesus, went to his death, he didn't act like Uzzah. He didn't act like Obed-Edom. But like David, and then some, stripped down to nothing. Bloodied and bruised, mocked. Like a slave, like the common man. And the Creator God humbled Himself to death on a cross. And through His death, the King of all glory lowered Himself into the mud. All nations have been blessed. David's actions point to Jesus. And now as we look back to both of these messiahs, they are a challenge to our lives. Romans 12 that we read just before sets it out clearly for us. We need to offer our lives as living sacrifices to God. We need to live lives that are humble, kind, and most of all, faithful to God. Curb your anger that tells you that you're always right. Face up to your sins that you want to hide. Break the habits that hold you back, even if it exposes you, even if it makes you look weak. Because however you fulfill your role, whatever your role in God's kingdom is, We need to play it humbly, in fear and trembling and dancing without shame before God, bringing glory to his name. That's the attitude that we need to have. The attitude of David and most of all, the attitude of Christ. So how are you fulfilling your role as a member of God's kingdom? Are you doing the things that are easy? The things that just fit in with your life? Are you settling? Too afraid to take the next step? Or do you want to follow in the steps of David? In the steps of our Messiah and humble yourself before God to serve him. And bring glory to his name. In just a minute, I'll lead us all in prayer. But before then, why don't you take a moment and think about these things. And jot down a few ways that this chapter and these characters meet you and your attitude. And what your next steps might be. How about our lead us in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us your word and that through it we can be members of your kingdom and that by your son and his death, we get to play a part in your plan for this earth and the age to come. As we play our role, we ask that you would move your spirit in us to drive out selfishness, to drive out fear and complacency, and that you would shape our hearts modelled after your Son, that we would live lives that are humble, that we would live lives that are honouring to you, and a living sacrifice, our act of worship before you to bring glory to your name. In your Son's name we pray. Amen.